can leave that Bible here if you like, Matt. I kind of like the feel of it. It's kind of a nice Bible. If you're headed off to Kids Club or to the nursery, you are dismissed at this time. This morning I wanted just to kind of share kind of a simple message that I hoped would uh, give us a new vision of service to God and to our church in the coming year. You know, our lives are actually full of choices. We probably make hundreds of choices each and every day. Everything from what we're going to have for breakfast to sometimes some major decisions that need to be made in our lives. Of course, the little things, we may not seek God's wisdom, but the major choices that we need to make, hopefully that we are bathing those in prayer. We're seeing what the Bible has to say about it. Talking to our mate. We're talking to our Christian brothers and sisters of God would have us to do and make the right choice. So let me ask you to look back on your life. Have you ever made any bad choices in your life? Wives, quit looking at your husbands. (laughs) Certainly, I think we would all agree that we have made some bad decisions. And we know that bad decisions lead to conditions that exist that apply negatively to that whole situation. And usually we know there's bad consequences that come from it in our lives. Now, as we look at our first slide here today on the big screen, we're going to call this guy Shep. Would you say that Shep made a bad choice? His choice is he wanted that bird, and that was his goal in life at that time. But some bad conditions are there suddenly because there's nothing underneath Shep but air. He didn't get the bird, obviously. I think it's pretty evident what his consequences are going to be because he made a bad choice. This photo certainly brings the phrase to mind, look before you leap. As we studied some of our heroes of the Bible that I like to call them, Moses always makes the short list for me. Moses had a choice to do what God called him to do or find enough excuses not to serve God. But before we look at Moses this morning and a couple of other heroes from the Bible, let's have a time of prayer. Lord God, we all make bad choices and we give excuses for our actions. As we start a new year, may we all seek your will for our lives and your wisdom for choices that we need to make. We may not leap off of a cliff like Shep has done, but bad choices have consequences always. We need to rely on your wisdom and your guidance, and above all, how you sh- we should serve you. Help us realize that we are here for a reason. We need to plug into this church the opportunities of service that you have for us each and every day. We ask this in your name. Amen. We make bad choices at times even when God, we feel God's calling to us to serve. We often lack faith in His leadership, and some of our excuses are like, well, I'm afraid to do that. Or I might get a little bit of pushback from people around me if I would step out and do that. I have a lack of talent to be able to do that job. We often lack the faith in God to guide us through it, but sometimes it's just our stubborn refusal to do God's will. 
All of those are bad choices. You know, mankind really has not changed much in that respect. Man has used some of the same excuses over and over throughout the centuries, just as we're looking at Moses today as his lack of faith to be able to serve God. If you have your Bibles today, your electronic device, a pew Bible, we're going to start today over in Exodus. We're going to walk through Moses being chosen to lead the nation of Israel out of 400 years of slavery to lead them to the promised land. What a task that he is about to undertake. But Moses begins with God's with some excuses to God why he's not the guy for the job. In Exodus 4.1, Moses had already been given signs of what his future task was to be, but he began to make excuses already. He says, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. And we go on to see more of his excuses in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 19. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. He already said that he wouldn't be listened to, But we see in verse 10 that Moses continues to plead his case that he's not an eloquent speaker. Moses apparently suffered from some kind of speech impediment. We don't know what it was, if he had slow speech, if he stuttered, was it something else? To be slow of speech and of tongue is what he puts. As a leader and spokesman for the nation, that is a legitimate disqualifier, I would think. But here he is exposing his lack of faith that he has in God to lead him and take care of him. But God had promised in Exodus 3.18, as God said, they will listen to your voice. God hasn't spoke audibly to man for centuries, but we are pretty sure that he's talking directly to Moses at this time. But as we read on, Moses continues to give his excuses not to be the leader. Moses did not wish to do what God had called him to do. As I said earlier, he clearly has a lack of faith, but in his defense, his list of excuses were somewhat legitimate. If I had a speech issue, I don't think Ben would ask me to be up here doing this right now. 
I certainly wouldn't want to do it right now. I could ask my brother Aaron to come up and help me. But I don't think that's what I was intended to do. We go on in verse 11. You see, we see God getting angry. Someone made the comment in prayer this morning that God is slow to anger, which He is. But who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not the Lord? Yes, it is. Verse 12, he says, Now therefore go, I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Kind of like Moses, do you do you get it now? It's time to go? Parents, you probably can relate with a whiny child sometimes, can't you? Just kind of gets to a point after a while. I'm the adult. You're the child. This is how it's going to go. Get to it. I think maybe God was getting to that point with Moses. I think, though, if that was me at that point, I probably would have saluted smartly. Said, yes, sir. I took a right face and I marched off to get started on what he had told me to do. Talking time is over, but we see on in verse 13, Moses was a little bit of a slow learner. He continues, oh, my Lord, please send someone else, please send someone else. In verse 14, Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. As you read that verse, it's very evident that Aaron, obviously also chosen by God, and he had made the right choice. He was going to follow God's plan. He was on board of what was about to happen. We go on in verse 15. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and with his mouth I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. Do you feel you've ever angered God? I know I think throughout my life there's probably been a lot of times that I've disappointed God. But I never really thought about, have I ever angered God? There was one situation that came up that I thought about in my life that maybe I did anger God. If didn't, I probably came very close. I kind of pulled a Moses. Patty and I were usually good troopers. When the military orders came down, we loaded the U-Haul and off we went. At the end of my career, I had a tour that ended with just 20 months left to my retirement date of 30 years. For military, 30 years, that's the max retirement points that you can get. So I really wanted to get to that 30. So what I really wanted to do is just slide back down into maintenance, kind of spend my time quietly, finish my time, and go ahead and retire. But from a four-star general level on down, they said, nope. You can't stay. You've got to go. 
Well, my only options really were to retire at 28 years in service, which would have been less retirement pay. I could have taken a deployment back over to the sound box, which I really didn't want to do for a year, but that still didn't get me to 30. Where would Patty live while I was deployed? She couldn't stay at that base. Had to take her somewhere. Come on, God, this isn't fair. In just a few days, the word came down that a command chief had to retire due to a medical reason real short, and I was being sent to fill his slot. As I thought about it, I thought, hmm, got to go fill that slot. Come on, God, can't you find someone else? Why can't I just stay here? Another excuse that I tried to throw up is normally you had to have two years retainability to take an assignment. I didn't have that. That's a good excuse. I can't go. Got to stay here. Word came back down as suck it up, buttercup. The four-star has wavered that. Air Force and God is saying, pack your bags. Get going. Go into a much larger unit. A unit that have a very heavy deployment commitment. It's going to be a lot of long weeks and I was going to be gone an awful lot. On top of all that, my kids said, hey, mom and dad, we aren't going. We're going to stay here and go to college. Ugh, God, this is getting worse. I fought him all the way, but we finally loaded the you all and off we went. But we got down there, and within days, my wife got a call for an interview. She told them, she said, all my records, my resume, my license, everything is still packed in the truck. I don't have anything. They said, we don't care. Scribble some things down on a piece of paper and come on in. She got a teaching job, and she was teaching with her. Her co-worker was going to be her best friend from college. So she was kind of set. Man, that happened kind of quickly. As I already knew, I was going to be gone an awful lot with so many people deployed all the time. But we made lifelong friends while we were there. I still was able to serve as a deacon in a local church. Got to preach a little bit. Made an impact on a lot of lives. And guess what? I got to retire at 30 years. God had a plan. God was in it. Even though I pulled a Moses... Did a lot of excuses, a lot of complaining. God made sure it all turned out well. We look back through the Bible, Adam and Eve made a bad choice. They ate from the forbidden tree, which still has consequences today for mankind. And we still suffer from it. God had a task for Moses about 3,675 years ago. And he finally submitted to God. And we see the large impact that he had on the nation of Israel. As you remember, Ben preached a few months ago about Jonah. And that's a story that most of us know all the way back from being kids. And if you recall, God had called Jonah to preach to the people of Nineveh, and he refused. He hated the people of Nineveh, and he jumped a ship in the opposite direction of Nineveh. His choice resulted in conditions that ended him up in the belly of a whale for three days so that God could get his attention. 
He did get his attention. Jonah repented. He went and he ministered to 120,000 people of Nineveh. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah had the excuse that, God, I'm too young. But God told him in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I appointed you a prophet to the nation. After that, how could Jeremiah have any excuse not to serve God? And he did. He served God as one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. In recent weeks, we have focused on Christmas and Jesus' birth. We know that Mary was called by God to serve Him as just a young teenager. She was a servant, but she didn't give any excuses. Really, all she had was one question about the task. In Luke chapter 1, verse 34, she says, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel explained it to her how the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And then she came back with her answer in verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She completed a very important milestone of Christianity, the birth of Jesus Christ. She had good excuses too. If she would have used them, God, I'm a teenager. God, I'm a virgin. God, I'm unmarried. But she had faith in God. And if all of these that I've discussed this morning would have refused to serve, what would have been the consequences? Have you ever thought about that? Each one was born and placed in a particular time in history in a place to serve God. Some had excuses. Some had questions. But what if they would have won their arguments? And Moses would not have led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. What if Jonah had not ministered to the evil people of Nineveh? What if Jeremiah had not prophesied to the nation in a very troubled time? What if Mary elected not to be the earthly mother of Jesus Christ? Let us remember that God is our Creator who made man, knows what we can do. God will never call us to do what we cannot do. If He calls us to it, He'll be with us through it. In fact, He'll often give you a task that you do feel a little uncomfortable because He wants you to lean on Him. As we go down through the Bible, we see people selected for tasks that they really weren't qualified for. Just like Moses with a speech issue to lead a nation, Jesus went out and picked 12 men to begin His ministry that were just fishermen, a tax collector, tradesmen, no real talent. Remember that our availability to serve is the most important over whatever our formal training is. After looking at these few heroes, as I call them, from the Bible, 
We are sitting here at Calvary on December 31st in the year of our Lord, 2023 A.D. at 10 a.m. something. Not 1923, not 1523, but 2023. Why are we here? If you'd ask our trustees... They'd all agree that I probably should have been born in 1902 instead of 1952. I am not very techy. I'm the dinosaur on that particular committee. I can do email. I can text. I can take pictures. I can do a little bit of Word document stuff. But not much more to that point. That kind of exceeds my level of medication. In a meeting, we start talking about upgrading our TVs, sound equipment, mics, routers, electronic doors, fobs, and they all get excited. But then I start talking about waxing floors and cleaning carpet and moving handicap signs and cleaning up the pews and the lack of hot water that we have in the kitchen and unplugging some toilets and a toilet smell that's over here in one of our bathrooms we're trying to figure out and trimming the bushes outside and they're not nearly as excited as I am. But it's very good to have a good mix on all of our committees so that we cover all the needs of our church and we use our gifts and our talents. God has given us all gifts and talents just like the heroes that we just talked about. There are several studies that you can do about gifts and talents to help you discover your spiritual gifts. And in most cases, I've had people that have completed those and were a little bit surprised when others came back and said, Ah, I knew that. I knew I had that. You may have a gift in administration, apostle, discernment, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, hospitality, knowledge, mercy, service, and teaching. So look at yourself and say, well, what are your talents? You have talent in music? Can you do some plumbing work? Can you do some carpentry work? Building maintenance? Planning? Programming? Logistics? Nursery? Awana? VBS? Kitchen? Cleaning? Shoveling the snow? Or fellowship? Or you maybe could be like me. I call myself a jack of all trades and a master of none. Look what your skills are. Look at your talents. Explore your spiritual gifts. Churches like ours have an awful lot of moving parts that you can be part of and we need you to be part of. Are you willing to serve God? Are you making excuses? Many of you using your gifts and your talents in this church right now, and I thank you for it. I thank you for your service. The year 2023 is going to end in just a few hours. Some of you may attend a gathering to usher in the new year. Some of you watch the ball drop on TV. And most of us old people, we're just going to go to bed and the new year is going to get here without us. I will be woken up at midnight because the cul-de-sac behind me pulls out enough fireworks to be seen from space. <laughs> but that's okay. 
Many of us are going to make New Year's resolutions. A lot of people aren't using that resolution word anymore. They're using goals. It's your New Year goals. Maybe you're going to go to the gym more. You're going to lose weight. You're going to fix your finances. You're going to save more money. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to read the Bible more. You're going to pray more. But I encourage you to that at least whatever it is to add to it, service. Being a servant. Where can you plug in to serve God and your church without excuse? Can you be like Mary? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Notice from each of our heroes, I remind you that they obviously had been predetermined for their tasks long before their births. What is your predetermined task for you? Remember that your predetermined task isn't just to warm up you. It is to serve in other ways. So I'd encourage you to speak to Pastor Ben, to our ministry team leaders, our elders, our teachers, our trustees, our deaconess, and pray about where that you might plug in to Calvary in 2024. Let's pray. Father, as we start a new year, help us to be available to your calling like these that we have discussed today. As we each explore our gifts and talents, may we be in the Word and praying to seek what you would have for us to do. Help us to park our excuses at the door why we would not want to serve. Help us to be open to your leadership in our lives to have faith in you for whatever it is that you have in store for us to do. Help us to be bold to serve because we love you and you love us. You loved us enough to send Jesus to the cross to die for our sins. For that, we should be willing to serve in whatever you call us to do. We ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.